You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. There's a 16th to go. It's Maxfield in front. Happy Savers finding stride late in the game. Maxfield digs down deep to win it. Maxfield wins the Clark. His Churchill dominance continues. Brandon Jaggers. Plakou Parfait went to the front. Grey Magician went with it. Plakou Parfait in front of Plakou Parfait takes out the derby. And me, CC Broadus. It's Miramichon in a stubborn Santine. Will not go away. Santine, Miramichon down to the line. Santine by a neck. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 113 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm C.C. Broadus, the fourth hardest working man in Nelson County, Kentucky podcasts. And I'm joined by Alan Schneider. Alan Schneider, I've got a treat for you tonight. Oh, boy. You know what that treat is? Halfway scared to ask because I know you've been drinking Moscow Mules and you're not much of a drinker. So I'm scared to know what this is. We are joined by Brandon Big time Jaggers. You must be drunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Welcome. I'm back, baby. LFG. LFG, Brandon. <laughs> Welcome up, back, dude? player. Hello. So I'm drinking a Moscow Mule. What are, what are you all drinking tonight? I have a, a private selection caramel truffle coffee from Kroger. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I live it up hard during the week, brother. But you, you got, Brandon, you got me on ice water. I'm sorry. It's a Tuesday. It wow. Okay. So in other words, we determined that CC is one of the problem, right, Brandon? Not the two of us. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting pod. <laughs> isn't it Moscow mules? Isn't it what most politicians are Moscow mules. Oh, see, see, that's for our other pod <laughs> coming soon. You got it. Anyway, enjoy them. All right, guys. Uh, so Ellis Park opened its doors. And Belmont Park closed its doors with a bang, according to one of our people here. And then Saratoga opens on Thursday, so it's a uh, it's good it's a good part of the month coming up here shortly. Uh, so uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Classic Causeway shipped from Kentucky to win the Belmont Derby wire to wire with Julian Leperu transferred from the barn of uh, Brian Lynch to Ken McPeak. Classic Causeway ran third in the Ohio Derby and then on a short turnaround he came back to win the Belmont Derby. Your thoughts? Well, I I, I got to put context to this because it was a big day in our household. We were having our first baby shower. Uh I was at a, a friend's house that was hosting it down the street, you know, 25 people around. I actually smoked uh two pork shoulders. They were 10 pounds a piece. And uh, I slaved over them the whole day and night before and uh, was getting, was carving up the meat. While I was watching Classic Causeway win going gate to wire on the turf. And I about freaked out because uh, I only had time to play a $30, $1 pick three, the bare minimum out there. And I was ending in that race. And I just thought, man, this horse could use a good condition change. And uh I, I don't know if the rider was existing, but I knew the biggest the biggest change that I love to play is dirt to turf. So I just covered it on a pick three. I can't say that the ticket was 
beautiful, but I, I went four deep or five deep in that leg. And I couldn't believe when that horse won because obviously the payout was $1,445. All the time I'm giving a toast and cutting meat uh, for my own baby shower. So I don't know, maybe the, the baby, when I name this, this kid in September, it's going to have something about classic or causeway. It probably won't clean in wow. the name play Peru, but I don't know, but we're going to, we're going to frame a ticket and put it above the crib. You know what you can name it? I got it. Classic causeway. You can name it. CC. What do you think about that? <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. That's that won't great. Raise any yeah. eye- that won't raise any eyebrows, will it? Oh yeah. It's about the horse. That's what it is. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, you know, let me run that by Sarah, but I'm going to go with the ticket just above her, her, her bedside and see if that passes on the wall. See if her wife, my wife notices or her mom. So we'll How see. About CC broadest dash jaggers. <laughs> oh. No, my That's wife doesn't hear my last name. I'm not going to hyphenate this kid more. <laughs> you know, I was happy. I'm glad Brandon won that. I was happy for Julian Leperu winning that race. Uh, I wasn't at, I was at a Mexican restaurant watching on like a three inch screen. I didn't have any stake in the game, but I was glad to see Julian win. I didn't think the horse would win. I, I won't lie, but Julian catched so much idiotic flack on, you know, on social media and other places. He was, it was a great ride. I mean, it really was. And, uh, you know, as I've said all the time, you pay no attention to jockey bashers on Twitter or basically, you know, a lot of other things on Twitter. But I was happy to see Julian. I mean, he's an expert ride. I mean, he beat a lot of really good European horses there. And uh, so hats off to Julian Leperu and Brandon Jaggers. Thank you. Now, there are big races all around. Uh, Indiana Grand held uh, the Indiana Derby along with the Indiana Oaks and uh, several undercard races. Uh, Horse named Actuator won the Indiana Derby. That uh, horse won impressively in a lounge race uh, a few weeks ago. He beat a Hippodrome who was trained by uh, Lyle Cash, who he had on the uh, podcast last week. Lynn Cash. That's Lynn Cash. I'm sorry. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, Actuator won the went on to win the Indiana Derby. Didn't didn't see that coming, but uh, he was highly favored to win his three to one. Also on that undercard in the Indiana Oaks. Interstate daydream for Brad Cox re-rallied on the inside of a Kim McPeak Philly. And who was that? Alan? The uh, name escapes me. Wasn't Butterbean. Butterbean won at Prayer Meadows. Prayer Meadows. Uh, McPeak had two in there, and it was uh, the uh, runaway wife. Runaway wife. Runaway wife. By the way, runaway wife had a full sibling sale for like four hundred thousand at Phasic Tipton today. And uh, I would also argue that if uh, he does name that kid Cece, Brandon will probably have a runaway wife. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go back to talk about actuator for a second. Go right ahead. Because you know, friend of the pod, Justin Curran, our good buddy, and Mike McCarthy, that barn. I tell you, when Justin gets his hands on these horses, you know that horse didn't do any good as a two-year-old, and they just they went ahead and stopped on him, debuted him back in Churchill on June 8th, and won a very impressive maiden special, just like Cece said. And then when I saw Justin, Justin was up there racing in that race, I had to put a win bet on and I congratulated the, the, our friend and, uh, he does a great job with horses. So, uh, I'm sure he's going to be listening to this pod. So congratulations, Justin Curran. Yeah. I've met Justin a couple of times. Justin, a really good guy, happy for him. And Mike McCarthy's been on the pod too. And, uh, tremendous people. So yeah, that's great. All right. Now Ellis park opened on Friday. And of course, uh, you know, we hate it that Churchill closes for the summer, but let's be honest. I mean, Ellis Park's a, a decent uh, 
uh, dessert, I would say. Maybe maybe not necessarily uh, tiramisu, but maybe <laughs> like, you know, ice cream and well, just like peach ice cream, you know, like something like that. But it's it's really tasty. So, now, uh, Alan, we do have our issues, though, with, with what's going on down there. Uh, I'll let you lead off. How about that? Um, you know, Ellis, we, we say this all the time. We love Ellis. There's nothing that we want more than to come on this podcast, this Kentucky Horse Racing podcast, and 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 and, and uh, give them shout outs and, and push them up and stuff. And extol the virtues. Extol their virtues because it's a wonderful place with wonderful people. And in, and in fairness, that racing has picked up. And I thought that racing was really good on Friday and Saturday. Um, well, actually, I think they did well off the turf Saturday, right? But the racing is good. Overall, it is good. Okay, it can it can kind of wear wear on as as the meat wears on. So you were mentioned a moment ago about ice cream. It's like the racing is, you know, that fancy uh, some Rocky Road fancy ice cream or whatever. Uh, I wouldn't say fancy, but it, it's what they do to the racetrack is completely vanilla, cheap dimes, uh, generic uh, vanilla sherbet uh, because they've got to fix some things. It's just simple as that. I mean, there, there are some things that they flat out need to fix and they're just not getting it done. It does not match the caliber of the racing, the caliber of the people, the caliber of the horsemen that they're getting up. And I'll be honest with you, it's getting, it's getting pretty damn old. And this is coming from someone who had a pretty good weekend with a little, what little I bet there. I don't really care about, you know, my personal profit, my personal loss. I just, there, there, there's some issues there, aren't there CC? Well, you can see the minor details that they leave out. Uh, it's tired of saying it. Well, it's the simplest fix in the world. They have a they they flash the daily double probables across the screen, and let's say mm-hmm. you know let's go race four. They've got six horses in the race, and you know how they'll they'll flash the exact probables. You know six with five, six with four, six with three. You can read all those. What they'll they'll do the same thing with the doubles. But if there's 10 horses in the following race, they'll only show the doubles through the first six horses. That's and then it, you've got to go somewhere else to find out if you you know if you're six eight double what what does that pay six eight might pay forty dollars well you don't know because you have to go check check it with your phone they don't they don't under they don't realize that they've left that off because they they did the same thing last year mm-hmm. and nobody has pointed this out we have <laughs> we like, have. What? <laughs> so it tells you that you know it tells you that they're rookies with the racing game to me i guess because uh, you know that's something that wouldn't dawn on them or or, or the, the 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 video company that they deal with or, or what whatever but uh, yes the stuff like that you're going really up against right? and then the website go the go web- explain the website the website I actually you know guys like cc and myself brandon we don't really need websites you know we know where to get our information we uh we're resourceful we're we're Pseudo, we're quote unquote veterans. We're not experts. We're not pretending to be experts, but we're veterans. We know how to work the game. A lot of people, especially at Ellis Park, they go there just for that meet over the course of the year. They probably access that website. That website has, and I touch on this on social media, this this website, the racing, they have one racing link on their casino website, basically. And for the love of God, I cannot believe that they do not have results and entries. The bare bones Horse Racing Website 101, they do not have results and entries on that racing link, unless I missed it. Now, they have Wiener Dog. They have a Wiener Dog nominations on there, which is remarkably uh, impressive and necessary, I guess. 
but they don't have something as simple and as basic as entries and results. Are you kidding me? I mean, that that's that's incredible to me. That that you're going up against the Saratogas of the world. You're going up against the Del Mars of the world. And you, I mean, do you, do you want to succeed? Uh, and that's a simple fix. We, we've talked about it on here before. Um, they, they raced Saturday, Sunday. It was 82 degrees here in the state of Kentucky. It was a, a picture perfect day. They were off the turf. I mean, come on. You're off, you haven't raced for 10 months and you're off the turf. And you're talking to someone who actually believes that you should err on the, on the side of caution with turf racing, right? I believe that. That said, you ran one day in 10 months and you took the race off the turf on an 82 degree day. What are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm talk about the selections on the, on the website, CC. Well, I'm looking right now. If I can find the Jimmy McNerney's name, the track announcer's name was misspelled on there. It, they had the, his name misspelled and yeah, they had the, his name written across his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you couldn't and see then him. I think, they never did update the selections from Friday, like the Saturday and Sunday passed and they didn't have select his selections for, for Saturday and Sunday. And, and you have the selections, but you don't have the entries. So like what, the, who in the hell are you even picking? Right. And it's like, if you could understand those selections, like reading Sanskrit, I suppose, like, come well, on, man, we're trying to give you guys ideas. Listen, freaking listen. Now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the website right now. I can't find the selection. So they may be working on this. Maybe. I know some information got passed along to them and stuff, but at the same time, I mean, get with the damn game. But if you're going to, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just thinking of a, a rookie novice horse player that goes to this website. Maybe they're they're just wanting to get in the game. They see these, they see this website. They're going to be absolutely lost. They're going to wind up playing slots, which is actually probably what they want them to do. Maybe, just, maybe. Let's just go go to our slots parlor and and everything will be all right. You know and. Instead of four hour day, you'll be done in 30 minutes. But, <laughs> you know, I go back to uh, well, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. If you have something. No, go ahead. I'm done. You know, I go back to I think it was Saturday. And, you know, Indiana Grand, they've got a lot of female jockeys there and they're all performing really well up there. And a lot of them migrated down to, to Henderson for the meet. And I, and I want to say and I mentioned this as well, too. Uh, hello, marketing department. You've got a you've got a, a marketing idea staring you right there in the face. You, I think they had a race where half the jockeys were women the other day. You know, and they're good riders that that you can market that there's little girls coming on the racetrack and Henderson would probably love to to know about that. You can you had half the field with jock and three quarters of them made the super effective. They were the exact. It was Chelsea Bailey and, and our friend Peter Farron Peterson. Why would you not market that? That's staring you in the face. I mean, instead of giving away 50 T-shirts or whatever you do or an, another stupid ostrich race. Have oh, those, oh, easy on the ostrich races. That's that's kind of, kind of an cool. annual thing. I mean, there, there's your marketing idea right there. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, I just wondered the effort they put into it. We, there's nothing that we want to do is, and come on this podcast and champion that racetrack because we love it. We see what the, we, we know what it means to the people in the city. Uh, we know what it means to the state of horse racing in the state. But man, if you're not going to try, I mean, what's, what's the point of us trying, right? I, I mean, I want to bet your product. I want to bet your product, but I mean, I have my, I, I have limitations. These guys know it. If I don't like the card, I don't play it. And there was no way on earth I was playing that Sunday card. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, they don't even have expert picks within the Twin Spires app, right? For Ellis, I believe you're right about that too. But they have they, every other track. I mean, Colonial. Is it Ellis not wanting to put up uh, those those expert handicapping picks or? I don't know. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me either. And the camera angles are still just terrible. Oh, oh yeah. That's, thank, well, let's, thank go you, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. 
Good Lord. That was supposed to be fixed, and, and through three days of racing, the, the, the camera work is absolutely horrid again. <laughs> and they'll, they'll show, obviously, every racetrack in, in America shows the replay of the race after. They'll show the, the pan shot, and they'll show the head-on. For all of the races that I've seen at Ellis, they'll show the head-on second until they reach the top of the stretch, and then they'll go back to a second pan shot. And they will not show the head-on of the stretch run, which is kind of crucial if you're going yeah, back to, uh, to maybe handicap uh, or just see how you what happened to your horse during mm-hmm. the race because the pan shot has been horrible and they'll they'll cut off half the field past the 16th pole, so you you have no idea what your horse has done if if they're in the back of the pack. So that's a good point. It's and- you know they they could do better, man. This this track has all the potential in the world, man. They they. They're supposed to widen the turf course, maybe have a second turf course coming soon. And, you know, they're going to install lights for night racing, which that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just so much stuff they could do. And I'm going to admit, this track owns my soul. I love it down there. I I could could spend a day and night there. You could run that place. You could run that place. It's, uh, you know. It's just I wish those people that that owned and operated it knew a little bit more about sport or cared. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we get spoiled uh, because we do watch a lot of Churchill. Uh, you know that's my bread and butter, right? And uh, maybe we're because we got guys like Joe, Joe Chris Fake, Scott Shapiro, those guys at Churchill to put on such a great show uh, and put a lot of effort into it. it. You feel the effort. You see that you see the, the effort that's put into it. And then so and you go from that, and then you go to Ellis. And then we're talking in between races, two minutes, 30 minutes in between uh, Brandon Staubel, Caitlin, they'll do a great job. You go up to Ellis and in between races, they've got like a stationary camera or something. It's like some ring doorbell thing that just shows the paddock from a, and it looks like it's from a distance. You can't see shit. It's dark and it's stationary there for 10 minutes or something until Megan Devine comes on and she does fine. She's doing great. Don't get me wrong, but you got a stationary camera or something around there that just shows the horse walking by. Like he's looking at somebody at your doorbell camera, and I'm like, come on, what's that like 12 bucks you put under that? Let's go. So I mean, I hope they're taking notes. They probably we've talked about it before. They probably don't listen to us. So I mean, we're not the only people saying this stuff, right? We've had people go, we go up to Henderson once in a while, and the people tell us that stuff. So uh, rant over, I suppose, but I'm sure we'll probably come on a couple more times uh, the rest of the meet and say the same thing if we haven't lost interest and just said the hell with it. Well, we've gone on way too long. And we've got a, uh, a very, very special guest waiting in the wings that Brandon has procure, procured. Is that the right word? Procured? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive by me. And we're we're taking these and spinning them to an awesome summer positive with a special guest tonight. It's going right. to help. All right. Without further ado, let's go to our very, very, very special guest. Can you believe it? Brandon Jaggers with the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm finally back. You know, CC and Alan took the reins for a couple weeks. I got this baby in tow here soon, but I had to I had to take a break and make a, a special point to be on the podcast tonight. Tonight for episode 113, we welcome a top trainer to the show, an Ireland native and a former assistant to Eddie Keneally. In a short time, this budding trainer has won the UAE Derby, the Clark, and most recently Gamely Stakes out at Santa Anita. His team's top horses include Maxfield, Zofel, Extravagant Kid, New Year's Eve, Satan, Satin, 
Ocean Road, and don't forget the marathoner, marathoner Scuba. This Kentucky horse trainer lit it up the month of this past May with two grade one wins as well as a grade two for nearly $2 million in purse money. I get chills just thinking about it. <laughs> he plans many more achievements for the remaining of the year. We still got a long year to go. And tonight we're ex- excited to catch up, hitch our little horse and buggy, and hold on tight to talk to Mr. Brendan Walsh and his barn. Hey, Brendan, how you doing this summer? Good, thank you, Brendan. Thanks for having me on. Good, good. Well, I tell you, that month of May was just a great month, I thought, to see those two grade one wins and a grade two. And you shipped all the way to Santa needed for that grade two win. That was that was pretty awesome. It was a grade one, actually. So it was awesome. Yeah, no, it was um, it was an unbelievable um, little run there that we went on. Um, you know, we kind of we kind of based our whole winter around it. Um, you know, Santon especially, and New Year's Eve. Um, you know, and and then of course, um, Ocean Road came and um, and won her a other than at uh, at Keeneland, and we took a shot. We said we'd try for the the Grade One at Santon Eve, and and you know when things are going good in this game, they're, they they go good. When they go bad, they go bad. But um, it uh, it really worked out, and and you know she's. Uh, She's a very talented filly, and, um, you know, I think there's a lot more to come from her. Yeah, we're excited to see it. Now, I know New Year's Eve, I think, had a start in the Belmont Oaks, and uh, I don't think – I think she finished eighth, uh, or he did. And anything you want to say about that start? Yeah, she she just – it was very firm ground up there, Brandon. Um, and I think that might have went against her more than anything. The track was playing a little – a little funny nobody was kind of passing anybody or if they were they were kind of making up a length or losing a length philly that won the race run second to us at churchill um uh in the edgewood so it was a little turnaround in form not taking anything away from the winner but yeah we were a little disappointed but i think or i hope at the end of the day we just put it down to to her not liking the the very firm ground on the day um, you know, so, uh, cause she seemed like she was doing really well going into it. So hopefully, um, you know, she seems like she came out of the race good. So, you know, hopefully we'll get her back here. Uh, she's in Saratoga right now. So hopefully we'll get her for one of them three-year-old Philly stakes at Saratoga in three, four or five weeks time. That'd be awesome. What about, uh, just, I guess, how's, how's Ocean Road doing? Ocean Road's doing good, yeah. We're we're contemplating maybe running her on um on Saturday in the Diana at Saratoga. Um that that would be a, a big option for her. We we haven't completely decided yet. We're trying to size up who, who goes in there and, and who doesn't. Um, you know, but uh, there's plenty of options for her through the year. Um so you know we'll we'll just size up everything and and pick our spots with her. I think she's got plenty of improvement in her, and um, you know hopefully we can uh, we can win a couple more of them nice races with her um, along the way. I'm sure we can if we get any kind of luck at all. Yeah, uh, and, and satin. Where is it? Satin or satin? Sant Santine we call him or Santin. Okay. Um, but he's. Um, 
he's up in Saratoga, Brandon. Um, you know, we brought him up there. The, the Arlington Million at, at Churchill Downs this year would be high in our priority list, but we've just kind of brought him up there to to keep all our options open because of um, of what's going on with the turf track at uh, at Churchill. So we just thought it'd be a nice change to bring him up there and 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 you know line up maybe a, a race or two at Saratoga for him as well if if things don't materialize down uh, down here um you know we'll just have to see what happens yeah it, i guess i mean from your perspective is the turf course in Arlington Million is the August 13th i mean is there still a possibility that they would call that off because of that grass it, I, I don't see any grass on the grass or turf course or the kind of grass we want to see, but what are your perspectives around that course and what happened? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought they did a great job when I, when I got here, um, you know, the, the, the actual layout of the track is much better. Um, you know, when I got here first, I, I, I walked out on it and I, I thought, you know, it needed to, to, to thicken out and 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 the, the surface needed to thicken and um you know the first the first week or so it was fine and then we heard you know a few of the guys started complaining um as it went on and then i think to as as it kept going on it uh, certain horses were handling it and certain horses were not handling it some horses were were taking bad steps on it and I think ultimately it, it became a thing where they had to um, for the safety of, of horse and, and rider um, I think they did the smart thing and, and, and cancelled the racing which was, you know, it, it makes it very tough on, on any of us, you know I've got quite a lot of, uh, of turf horses so it, you know it, it kind of killed June for me really Um you know, right. I had to bring a bunch of horses up to New York and and, and try our luck up there, um, which wasn't really ideal, but um I guess that was that was the circumstances we were under. But hopefully they'll be able to patch it, uh, you know, able to get it back. They've got some time between now and August thirteenth. They've still got a month. I think it's starting to look a little better out there. So, you know, if if uh if they can they can get it back up and, and looking right. Then I can't see why the uh, the Arlington Million Day wouldn't go ahead. Right, I'll be uh, I'll be coming back from Canada just to make that day. Now, if it doesn't happen, I'm not coming back. Yeah. Uh, come on, yeah. Churchill, perform, water the grass. Yeah, yeah exactly. I I you know so you got like I said you got to kind of keep it all options open right now um, with the with the whole thing. Um, you know the nice thing with us was Santon really handled it on Derby Day. Um, you know, so that's that's a big plus. The fact that we know he handled the the track, and I, I'm sure they'll get it right. It, you know, over the course of time, because it is a beautiful layout of the track, and you know, it's 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 not easy. You get extremities of weather in in Kentucky, and and I'm sure that's had a lot to do with it. But um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it can it can get sorted out, and I'm sure it, if it does, it'll be one of the best, if not the best, track in the country. Right. Well, tell us a little bit about your barn today. Uh, you know, how many are you all uh, training and managing and where's most of your stock at? 
Um, at the moment, Brendan, we've got uh, horses in Saratoga. We just moved some up there. Just a small team, you know, 12, 15 horses. Um, I got like 35 to 40 in in uh, Churchill and, and, you know, kind of around the same number at Keeneland um, at the moment as well. But we're going to move some horses down to Ellis Park this week. We've, we've got to get out of Keeneland by the end of July. Right. So we'll be moving most of them over to Ellis and, and to Churchill and, um, you know, just shuffling things around accordingly to where the horses belong and where they're going to run, etc. Um you know, so it's it's always there's always something going on with it. There's always some shuffling going on. Right. If it's like moving a house and you're moving a house four moving houses four times, five times a year, it's that's a yeah. lot. So. Yeah, but you know, we've got a good we've got a great team of people and, and it's not just the, the horses, you gotta move grooms and hot walkers and riders and everything and you know, people have to be very um cooperative um with the whole thing and uh thankfully we've built up a very very good team over the over the years my assistants and riders and grooms and hot walkers i mean you know it it takes an army to do all of this and uh you know i'm i'm very lucky that i have a a great team behind us and and you know i think that's that's a huge part of 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 why you get um, you get results Right. Who who are some of your assistants right now, and like who's up in Saratoga and places? Um, my assistant Paul Madden, who's a an Irishman. He's actually from the same part of Ireland as I am. Um, Paul's been with me a long time. He's um, he's oh, he runs the barn at uh, at Keeneland. And Brent Wilson, who came to us a couple of years ago, Brent is at Churchill now. And then we've got Charlie Lynch. Um, uh, Charlie's a, a son of Cahill Lynch, who who trains up around the um, the Maryland area, uh, Delaware, and that. Uh, Charlie came to us a couple of years ago as well, so he's in Saratoga. And then I've got a girl, Rachel Wade, who um, who came to us as an intern with the Flying Start um, a couple of years ago, and then came back to work for us full time. And uh, you know, she's been helping me out. Um, as we've gotten bigger with a lot of the administration and and she's a hell of a horsewoman too so we've uh, we've got her as well so we've got you know I think when you've got people like that um, you can build a great team around them you know they they, they get people to work for them and um, and um, you know they've just got uh, they've got a great way of of doing things and and you know the, the system the system is working well at the moment good good well i can tell you that that month of may was exciting to watch and those horses were just it was just phenomenal to see those wins and uh but right now i want to turn it over to alan alan schneider to see uh, what questions he may have what happened well first of all i'm trying to get wrapped around this whole brendan brandon thing right i'm getting confused <laughs> we got b-r-e-n-d-a-n right and b-r-a-n-d-o-n so I, I get I'll called. Ask. I get called Brandon and all kinds of names in this country. So <laughs> I bet you do because uh, uh, I think when the first couple of years you were as a trainer, I think I mistakenly called you Brandon. I'm bad about that. Uh, yeah, but you, you any, wouldn't be. You wouldn't be the only one, Alan. So don't don't feel bad about it. Uh, that's good to hear. Well, you know, it'd be, it'd be remiss uh, to not mention both Godolphin and Maxfield, right? And uh, Maxfield, that big black. 
equine tank who uh, I always said looked like the prototypical villain horse in any horse racing movie, right? When the, mm-hmm. the hero horse is going to run against another horse, that horse always looked like Maxfield. That's how imposing uh, Maxfield looked on a racetrack. Um, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, you got him not long after you joined force with Godolphin. Is that correct? Yeah, he was the very first crop of two-year-olds. He was he was uh, one of them, um, Alan. Yeah. So um, that's a good way to start off with 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 the big new client, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there was, <laughs> you know, he's the kind of horse you might you might not get a horse like him again in your whole career. Um, I mean, just talent, an abundance of talent. I mean, I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't say enough about that horse from the day he walked in the barn until the day he left. He was just a, a complete professional. I mean, he never, outside of his his injuries, he never had a bad day. And even when he when he was injured, he he just sailed through everything. And you know, people people always say to me, "Oh, you know, you did such a such a great job um, bringing the horse back from from injury," but. You know, he 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 brought himself back too. I mean, the horse just had so much class and had such a great a great mind. Um, you know, it, it just like I just wonder sometimes. You know, he was just a I couldn't say enough about the horse. He was just a natural natural uh, talent and 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 just had a great mindset. And I mean, he was the ultimate equine athlete, really. Um, and you know, he achieved an awful lot. And who knows if he hadn't had an injury is what he might have achieved but you know we there's no point in pondering on that i mean we 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 like to think that we we got the very best out of him when we could get it and uh you know it'll uh you know they're hard hard to find horses like that well you know you did an amazing job with them because we all if, if people don't remember i mean the horse had layoff issues right but every time he came, he'd lay off. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he won first time out of Churchill about 10 to 1, right? Going short. Yeah. And then yeah. he comes to Keeneland and wins against a really big-time favorite going two turns. And it's like, this horse is good. This yeah. horse is really good. Yeah. No, he was. He was a monster, um, Alan. You know, he, he won first time out going a one-turn mile. Um, you know, he was a big, immature horse. I, I wasn't sure he'd win first time out. We thought he was super talented. Um, and he won. I remember Jose Ortiz rode him, and he came back to me after, and he said, "Where are you going next?" And I thought I hadn't even thought about. It. And he said, "What about the Grade One at Keeneland?" And I was, you know, I was like, I ha- it had not even entered my head. Um, but we we brought him back. It was three weeks after, and we we brought him back, and we worked him. I think twelve or thirteen days after the the maiden, and he worked super. And we said, "Yeah, why not uh, take a shot at the?" the grade one at Keeneland and, and thankfully it worked out and he went out and he, uh, and he won it and, and won it very impressively. And, um, you know, that was a, it was a great start to, uh, great start to his career. You know, um, I almost feel like people don't, because the horse didn't run that often, uh, eight or nine starts. I can't remember, but it, it, it feels like maybe overall, I think he's kind of under, do you feel like he's going to underestimate when people talk about the great horses we've had over the last several years? Because even when he got beat, it was chasing home, say, Nick's go and the Whitney, was it the Whitney or yeah. something? You know? I mean, the horse fired every time. Do you kind of feel like he doesn't quite get his due, even though he's only been recently retired? Um, I kind of feel like the horse is a lot more special than he gets credit for. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was, uh, he was, he never finished out of the first three. 
Um, you know, I think he ran, we were talking the other night, he ran 12 times. He won all three races for older horses at Churchill. He won the, the Ali Sheba, the Stephen Foster and the Clark all in one year, which I don't think there's been too many horses to, uh, to do that. Um, you know, won a grade one as a two-year-old, won a grade one as a four-year-old. On his own, only starts as a three-year-old. Um, you know, when when he was injured, he he, you know, he was an amazing horse. And and uh, like I said, if he hadn't gotten injured as a two-year-old, who knows what he might have done. Um, and then of course he 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 um he got injured as a three-year-old. We had you know, um, after winning uh his his comeback start. Where we thought we were really rolling again, and we thought we had a good chance to win the Derby, and and unfortunately mm-hmm. that hurt again. But um, but you know, like I said, that's uh, that it happens, and and you know he came back from it, and we were never, it, none of his injuries were ever really you know career-ending injuries. There were always something he could come back from, and and he gave himself every chance for a big horse as he was. Um, he gave himself every chance, but he was remarkable, remarkable. I mean, he's a horse. I'll, I'll just never forget him. He, he looks like the kind of horse, uh, such a physical specimen, that he would kick the kick the ass of the other horses on the playground. That's, that's how badass that horse just looked in person. That's where he even stepped foot on the racetrack. And where's where's he at right now? He's he's in Darley in Godolphin, um, Alan. He's he's at Stode over there. Um, I need to go and see him, actually. I haven't seen him since... Uh, since last fall, I need to go over and see him. But he's had a he's had a great first season. He he got a bunch of mares. I mean, I think I think the horse had like something like three hundred applications before he even won the Clark. Um, and and I believe he was very fertile. He got he got most of uh, most of his mares in foal. So I can't wait to see um, I can't wait to see his progeny. I'm 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 sure we'll. We'll have a few of them, um, you know, and if they've got the if they've got the minds and the and the physique of him, I can't see why he wouldn't be a, a superstar stallion. You know, as as everyone knows, uh, Saratoga starts this week, and I'm, like you said earlier, you've sent a bunch up there. Everybody looks to Saratoga for the two-year-olds, the hot new horse, uh, going up there for Derby Oaks aspirations for next year, but. You're not afraid to go. To, you mentioned earlier, you're not afraid to go to Ellis. And um, you, you start a lot of nice two-year-olds at Ellis. You're not afraid to put a good one down there. Um, do, you, do you have two-year-olds going to Ellis? I'm assuming you do. Yeah, no, we've, we've got quite a few. Um, you know, I think the way things have gone um, the last few years with the prize money in, in Kentucky, um, you know, people aren't as as it's 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 very tough place to bring um, a two year old to Saratoga. I mean, you could have a mm-hmm. a very good one, and and he might not win his one or two starts or however many starts you have up there, and he could still he could still be a very good horse. So you know, a lot of people have chosen to to stay behind and and start their two year olds at Ellis and you know then you go into Churchill in September you've Keeneland October Churchill again in November for for the big money so there's not the incentive to go to Saratoga as there was years ago when the money was was low in in Kentucky and and the big money was in New York so but you know we're bringing in a handful of two year olds up there too Alan but you you better you better bring the right ones up there when when you do um 
you know. But but Ellis, I mean, you know, I mean, we saw last year the two-year-old races at Ellis were unbelievable anymore. Yeah. I mean, you win a maiden at Ellis now, you've probably got a pretty good uh, good two-year-old. You could run second or third in Ellis first or second time out, and you could still have a very good horse. I mean, it's gotten very competitive. You've got, you know, Steve Asmussen's there, Brad Cox is there. You know, you've got all these good uh, good trainers from Kentucky. Um, I mean, there's a multitude of them. Yes. You know, I mean, you've got these, all these solid guys, Rusty Arnold, Lady Keneally, all these guys. They, You know, they're tough guys. When they've got good horses, they, they know how to take care of them and produce them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're tough guys to beat, whether it's in Ellis or Saratoga. Yeah, I believe Mataria come from uh for Brad Cox came from there last year at last year. He did year. actually, yeah. I had a Philly run second to her. I remember time. that. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. and you know, I ran I ran Phil's Caparfe actually. Uh he, he made his first start in Ellis um as a two year old. Uh, oh, he went on to do a little bit of damage over in Dubai, right? Uh to take his uh, take his attack to the Derby because of that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I did start him on grass first time at uh, at Ellis, um, you know, among, among others. And I probably would have started Maxfield um, first time at Ellis too. But he, he, we just took our time with him. He was such a big physical, and um, he spent his whole summer um, of his two-year-old year down in Ellis training. And you know, by the time he was ready, it was it was September at Churchill. So we chose to. Uh, to go to to Churchill, but uh, Ellis Park didn't do him any harm um, that that summer either. Well, it certainly worked out well for him. Uh, so that plan turned out okay. And I know CC's chomping at the bit to talk to Mr. Brendan Walsh. Take it away, my man. Hey, Brendan, I want to go back and talk about uh, Pluska Parfait. You know, you you won the 2019 UAE Derby with this horse. Is that the uh, the catalyst? that formed your relationship with Godolphin when you, when you won that race and it was uh firsthand in front of uh, uh, Sheikh Mohammed. Um, I, it was probably a contributing factor. CC, you know, I think, um, I think they had decided to, uh, to send some, to keep more horses in Kentucky and to concentrate more on, um, on Kentucky. Um, you know, the timing, uh, was obviously very very good for us i worked for godolphin for years i spent nine winters in dubai um in my younger days so there was a a relationship there for for a while but um but i'm sure when we went out there that year and and won the derby with uh with him it definitely was a contributing factor now we'll talk about another horse in your stable that belongs to godolphin that's prevalence who I believe won the Commonwealth Stakes at Keeneland back in April. I, I saw that he's back on the work tab. But what do you foresee for his future going forward? Yeah, he's actually he's he's gone out um, for the moment. He had a setback after the um, we ran him in the in the Churchill Downs on uh, on Derby Day, and and he had a, a little setback. Um, so we. We've stopped on him for a while, but he should be back to me, you know, late summer, and and we'll just have to get him get him back again and get him rolling. Um, as we go into late fall, early winter, he he loved Gulfstream. Uh, he broke his maiden there, won an A other than there, uh, won a two other than there last 
last spring or this spring gone by as well. So he, um, you know, we might have to focus on on the winter down there with him, and and then hopefully um, we can keep him right, and and he'll turn into a nice uh, a nice five year old next year. Okay, well, the last question for me, uh, the Fezzik Tipton uh, Horses of Racing Age sale was on Monday, and then the yearling sale was today. Did you have uh, any uh, any say in in the purchase of, of any uh, horses in those two sales? Um, there was uh, a couple of um, of horses in there that that I had that that were sold, Anaconda was sold, um, and then I had another horse went in there as well that, that was bought by another client of mine so um uh he's actually ending up coming back to me and then i believe um we had another uh, a philly uh federalist papers that was bought uh out of chad brown she's due to come back to me as well so um you know we're always uh there's always something going on at these sales so we'll uh we look forward to um to having them coupled back again. Do you attend the yearling sales in the fall, or did, I do? Yeah, yeah. I like to. I like to go to the sales and we, you know, help out the clients and 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 uh, you know have a look for a few bits and pieces myself as well. We're always on the lookout to to buy and sell a few. Okay, back to you, Brandon. All right, thanks, CC. Uh, Brennan, before we go, you know, a lot of listeners always like to see what's the next up and coming horse that's in your stable do you want to give a maybe a, a a couple references to horses that you have around the country whether in saratoga or ellis or churchill that we should kind of keep our eye on um i've still you know we've still got, we've got a lot of two-year-olds coming along they're still a little ways off we're a little bit behind this year um well when i say a little behind i think now is is when they're starting to come together but a lot of them are still two three four weeks off we i think we've got a nice uh a nice bunch of um a nice bunch of horses um i ran a really nice filly today at parks that came from ireland flirting bridge she won her her first start in this country at uh at churchill very impressively and she ran second in a grade three at parks today i think she's a filly to keep a real close eye on um you know i think she's very good and then i have another filly um, that won it two other than at Belmont her last star called Lady Rockstar, a Frankel filly. And I think she's got plenty of good things to come from as well. So there, there are a couple of, uh, of ones definitely to, uh, to keep in mind for anybody. Good. Real quick, uh, Brandon, uh, lady, he mentioned Lady Rockstar. That horse won on Oaks Day, right? He won on, on, yeah, on Derby Day, actually. Yeah. Derby, yeah. Derby, Derby Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't mean to I don't mean to second guess some of, some of the caliber Brent Walsh. That horse looked like a rock star that day. I'm I'm with you there. I, I'm excited to see what that one does down the road. Yeah, she she wanted to. Uh, I had to bring her to Belmont, obviously due to the the whole thing at Churchill. I had to bring her to Belmont for her two other then, and then I was um I was planning on running her in the River Memories last weekend at Belmont, and the race didn't fill. Um, for whatever reason, I guess there wasn't enough entries, so um, I'm probably going to run her. Um, I believe it's July 23rd at uh, at Monmouth in the Matchmaker. 
um, you know, and, we'll, and hopefully she'll go forward from there. But she's she's definitely one to uh, to keep an eye on. Didn't mean to interrupt you, Brandon, but when I, I'd forgotten about Lady Rockstar. I had to, I had to chime in. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, uh, Brendan, we we're super excited that you join us tonight. Take time out of your day, and I know every day is a is a is a schedule and a plan. And you're you're supposed to only sleep five hours a night, so I, you know <laughs> we appreciate thirty minutes today. No problem at all, guys. Thanks for having me on. We'll see you Thanks, on the back Brendan. soon. Talk to you soon. All the best. Okay, that was the impressive Brendan Walsh, trainer of grade one winners and many more to come, guys. You know, yeah. I, I I meant to I meant to step on your toes there, Brandon. I meant to mention, I know you guys completely agree with this with me as my dog barks in the background. Uh, that's the wonderful world of podcasting. Uh, it doesn't seem like Brendan Walsh just wins all the time. It's seven to one all the time. Doesn't it feel that way, seven to one, nine to one, or that you have to include him like, Every time when you bet, I know you guys feel that way, right? It just seems oh, like he wins constantly. His horses always seem to be just wonderfully prepared for the moment. Yeah, it does. Uh, and I mean, he you know, not every trainer wins all the time, but he wins his fair share. And he was fantastic and a uh, great job by Brandon. Not only bringing him on, but uh, talking to him and stuff there. So great job, Brandon, Brendan. Yeah, he was my first exposure into, you know, the horse world and into syndicates and a good friend of mine, Chris Lloyd, was the one that introduced me to him. And uh, Chad Schumer, who was a bloodstock agent, and and Brendan, we all kind of partnered in some racehorses. And, you know, it didn't turn out real great. But uh, if if I had my druthers again, I'd love to – well, now that I know so many great trainers at Churchill and we've been friends of the pod, I mean, it's – if I had four horses, I would send each one to a different trainer because mm. there's so many great trainers and great people. But – yeah, you're right. Brendan Walsh on the turf, just don't ever forget it. So, yes, that's I, right. and he doesn't push him. You know, I think he gives him enough time. The horse speaks to him when they're ready to go. And I don't think he's really influenced in putting these horses in spots where they can't compete. And I love to see that he's shipping. He makes some of the right calls with those ships. And I know it's hard to do it, but uh, to go out to Santa Anita, I mean, that's a tough, tough ship. Yeah. And, to rebound in three days and go out and win a grade one or a grade two. I mean, that's really hard to do. Uh, yeah. I wish him well on the East coast and, and all his ventures and, and even in the Dubai, you know, that's <laughs> still a crazy win uh, for, for that barn, but uh, great people always very friendly on the backside. I tell everybody, give them a shout if they're going to be, uh, you know, if you're looking for a trainer, just like Michelle and, and all the others we've had on the pod. All right, guys. Um, uh, another great job by you all. I give you all uh, a tip of the cap, as even, always. Even for the Ellis rant that we put forth or whatever, does, how's that? Is, that? is that tip of the cap or is that just a tip of frustration? I'm going soon. I just got to figure out when. Yeah, I'll I go too, but there. here's my fear. It's a two and a half hour drive from here. I like to go once a meet, right? Because I do enjoy going that fair atmosphere. I got to be confident they're not going to take the damn races off the turf for no reason, right? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. But <laughs> You know, that, when I go, I spend the weekend. So, right. you know, there will be a catfish willies in my future. Uh, still s- searching for the perfect Henderson, Kentucky restaurant, or Evansville, for that matter, restaurant. Oh, or, well, or dive uh, to hang out. Well, you've got to go to, if it's at Nolensboro, and Moonlight Barbecue. Have you been to Moonlight Barbecue? Yeah, that's too far to drive. It's like, that's 30 minutes away. Well, after all the Moscow mules you've had, I'd say that it probably is, <laughs> but me and Brandon would drive. 
So <laughs> I don't but know. I, Will we ever get Brandon down there again? Uh, that was an Ellis nightmare that I never want to go back to again. And I think I was already walking out before the, the race even concluded. Yes. Yes. And I don't know if I'm ever going to go back. Especially oh, you'll go. You'll the, go. He's, even if I have one race there, which we could in the next month, uh, if she gets healthy and can start, she's training. Uh, but she may go to Saratoga, and if she does, I'm going there, and I'd go there in a heartbeat. I'll tell you what. You go up there with us. We'll go spend the night or something. Anybody wants to go, you know, we're, we're talking about it right now. We'll go run some miles in uh, John James Audubon Park right right next door, all right? Or, yeah. or go to Riverside Downs. Oh, yeah, yeah. The spookiest track in North America. The it's different now. They've got it all gated and everything. It's, it's but you were literally scared when you went there, right? You were literally scared. I was. I was should not have been there the day. This has been a long time ago. But I. I. I if I'm lying, I'm dying. I saw Scooby Doo and Shaggy <laughs> inside that facility doing their thing, and that it, it. I left when I saw that because it freaked me out. For those who don't know, it's across the street and down about a half mile or mile or so, right? And it kind of goes down a hill. It's their old training training center. It's a of. it's a training center now. I think uh, Jason Barkley and, and maybe John Hancock and some of those guys may have bought it or they may be leasing it and they're using it. And that you know, but the grandstand, whoo! I mean, it's one of those old grandstands that that used to be a harness track back in the day. Yeah. And the the last time I was there, I think some construction company was using it and, and I was like checking it out and seeing what's going on. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to get out of here. I'm going to get killed. If I got killed there, nobody would know. Nobody would ever think to look there. So I got the hell out of there. But <laughs> speaking yeah. of Jason Barkley, I think he's got three, three, four, five horsemen in Saratoga this weekend. So. He's got two. I know maybe one on Thursday, one on Friday or something like that. He's got a two year old. Good luck to him, then. We we wish him the best. Yeah, I think maybe opening day, and then maybe a, another horse. I can't remember the other horse, but yeah. So, good luck to him. Another Kentucky trainer trying to uh, hit it big at Saratoga. Yeah. Okay. Anything All else right. before we call it quits? I'm sure we'll think of some little dumbass thing to say once we uh, log off, but we'll just uh, call it quits here. How's that? That's good enough for me. On behalf of Alan Schneider and big time Brandon Jaggers. And our special guest, Brendan Walsh, this is CC Broadus signing off and reminding you that gambling money ain't got no home.